Pins and Needles, Part 10 Ancho and Helio As soon as he entered the kitchen, a sense of foreboding crept over him. Isabel always cooked an evening meal on the occasions that he worked late. She also made a habit of waiting to eat with him. The room was cold and clinically tidy. No food had been prepared there today. He entered the living room. His wife was sitting by the window, gazing out. She didn't turn, but spoke calmly and coldly. Who is she? Now that his fears had been realised, he felt an unexpected sense of release. His eyes surveyed the abundance of heavy objects that lay around the room. He could pick up any one of them and bring it crashing on the back of her head. I wouldn't even have to look at her face when I did it. The thought passed through his mind with a complete sense of detachment. He teased the idea out. It would be pretty hard to explain that away, though. No, if I kill her, I'll have to be a lot more clever than that. When Ancho remained silent, Isabel felt her anger, barely controlled, begin to boil. She turned, the words, I'm having your child, on her lips, but they froze there. Whatever it was that she expected to see, she was unprepared for the callous, calculating look with which her husband was regarding her. For a moment, Isabel felt suddenly afraid. And then Ancho blinked, and the moment passed. Don't believe a word out of that little witch's mouth, he said. Then, as an afterthought, what did she tell you? For the second time in as many minutes, Isabel was caught unprepared. She had expected denials. She faltered. Ancho saw her confusion. Biki called you, right? Nobody called. It was Ancho's turn to look baffled. There was makeup on that shirt that you tried to wash, Ancho. The shirt that you said you got from the guys at work. As she spoke, the steady course of her anger re-emerged. The Ancho shot out like a bullet and found its mark. She could almost see the wheels turning in her husband's head as he wrestled with the realisation that he had needlessly given himself away. He crossed the room and sat near her. Biki is a girl who has a crush on me, he said, holding her gaze in an attempt to impress her with his sincerity. I did not want to say anything because I did not want to upset you, but when I rejected her, she said that she is going to call you and tell you I've been sleeping with her. She's crazy. She must have put lipstick or whatever it was on my shirt to frame me. Isabel regarded him disdainfully. You expect me to believe that this girl managed to put makeup on your shirt while you were wearing it, and you didn't notice? And what about these late nights, Ancho? What if I ask my godfather about all this overtime you say you've been doing? Cardosa hates me. He'd be just too happy for a chance to wreck our marriage. Today I took out a car to check on a customer complaint. I was doing him a favour, and he nearly took my head off. Isabel stared at him. He held her gaze defiantly. It was Isabel who looked away. When I went to work today, she said after a while, I wrapped my wedding dress and that stupid shirt and I donated both of them. You what? You never answered me. How did this girl that you say has a crush on you get makeup on your shirt while you were wearing it, Ancho? I have no idea, Isabel, but you could have waited to talk to me before you start throwing our bloody clothes away. I mean your wedding dress, for fuck's sake. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? I'm talking to you now and you're saying nothing to convince me. Ancho stood up slowly, stared at his wife for a moment and then walked, purposefully, to the door where he paused and looked back. It's obvious that nothing I say is going to convince you. 
All I've ever done is try to be the husband you want me to be, that your father wanted me to be, that bloody Cardosa wants me to be. I've worked like a peon in that job to prove myself to you all, but none of it's good enough. I don't know what more I can do. He appeared to be on the verge of tears and turned quickly, as if to prevent Isabel from seeing him break down. Not before, though, he'd seen the doubt in her eyes. She looked as though she wanted to say more, but he didn't give her the opportunity. As he stormed out of the house, he was thinking very calmly. Things were bad, but he reckoned he'd bought himself time. This was a job for Helio. His old friend was ruthless and had a habit to feed. He'd have the balls to take care of Isabel for him. All he had to do was hold his marriage together for a while longer and make sure that nothing could be brought back to him. Minutes later, the Citroën was leaving the narrow streets of Santiago's historic centre. The old buildings gave way to the modern apartment blocks that housed many of the city's 40,000 students who came to attend what was one of the oldest universities in the world. These, in turn, gave way to the featureless concrete of the neighbourhood where Ancho had grown up, stark against the mountainous landscape behind. He parked the Citroën a block away from the bar. Wearing a baseball cap and sunglasses, he climbed out, locked the car and took a couple of steps before stopping. I've been too long living in a nice part of town. He unlocked the car again, took a gym bag from the back seat and transferred it into the boot, out of sight. The crime rate in Santiago was relatively low, but like anywhere else in the Western world, it had its share of desperate junkies who would smash a window to explore the contents of the bag in the hope of finding something they could sell for a few euro, and this barrio was exactly where one was likely to find them. In fact, that's what he was counting on. The bar was on a corner, its entrance to the main road. He approached it from the side street, slipping through a gate into the backyard. It had been three or four years, but he was confident that all would be the same. This had been his haunt from his mid-teens until he'd moved uptown with Isabel, and nothing had changed in all the years he'd frequented it. Sure enough, the same ill-fitting drapes were drawn across the window. He could hear laughter as he approached and gazed through a gap into the room beyond. Helio was standing exactly where he had been standing the last time Ancho had seen him, slouched against the wall with a pool cue in one hand. The other was toying nervously with an unlit cigarette. He was closely watching his opponent, who was crouching low to the table, lining up a shot. Ancho made his way back to the car, started the engine, and drove to a point along the main road from which he could see the entrance of the bar. More than an hour had passed, and the sun was sinking low before Helio's stooped gaunt frame emerged. To Ancho's satisfaction, he was alone. He waited until Helio had passed, and turned the corner before following in the little Citroën. Helio remained alone on the street. Ancho pulled up ahead of him and threw open the passenger door. Cabron, get in, he called. The latter's hand went into his pocket as he stared suspiciously. Ancho leaned over and removed the sunglasses. Fuck me, the dead arose and appeared to many, said Helio, climbing into the passenger seat. Ancho pulled away as the other watched him appraisingly. I guess that rich bitch must have finally got sense and fuck you out if you're slumming it around here again, hombre. Ancho laughed humorlessly. You're not a million miles off the mark, my friend. Actually, that's exactly why I'm here. I need the old Helio magic touch to make my problems go away. Am I getting this straight? The rich bitch has become a problem and you need her to disappear. Ancho nodded slowly. It's worth 5k. You up for it? Helio stared at him for a moment before speaking. 
How do you want it done? It'll be a breaking, said Ancho. If my dear wife wasn't such a conyo, I'd be in the bedroom to protect her. But because she'll be expecting me to slum it onto the sofa until she makes up her mind if she's dumping me or not, I'm gonna be sleeping like a baby downstairs while you stick her like a pig. When? It's got to be in the next few days. She's made up her mind that I'm having an aventura with another woman. I've managed to stall her for now, but she's like a dog with a bone. She's not going to let go until she gets to the bottom of it, and I can't let it get that far or I lose everything. And of course she's right. You're fucking around, yeah? Sweet little 19-year-old. A real wapa. Helio tilted his head back and closed his eyes. I gotta get me one of them. He paused, savouring the thought, before speaking again. Half now, and easy deal. Vete a tomar por culo, laughed Ancho. Because you're a mate, I might just be persuaded to drive you to a cajero and sort out a few hundreds so you know I'm in business. Any more than that, then you'll be too busy shooting shit into your arm to even remember me or my problems. Helio grinned. What a try. I want the rest of the cash as soon as she's done, though.